Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. matchup and we're going to get into that oh we're going to get into that a little bit later on but thank you all for tuning in as we get you set for tonight's survivor series event because right here this year this show is the best the most comprehensive pre-game show you will get in all the world of pro wrestling this is where you want to be this is the show you want to listen to and we want to listen to you so give us a call Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Again, that is three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Check us out over there. Each and every show, we got a show chat going on over there. So join in in the chat. Monday Night Raw, we got a chat going on the show. And right now, head over to the Facebook page because we've got a big poll going on to determine the greatest Survivor Series elimination tag match in the history, in the history of Survivor Series. So on the Facebook page, we've got a list of the matches. Head over there. We're going to be voting on the phones tonight. We're going to be counting votes on Facebook. Other shows have been voting on 1640. So we're going to get all the votes together by the end of tonight's show and give you the top five, ending with the greatest Survivor Series elimination tag match of all time. So that's on Facebook right now. Vote there. Vote by phone. Wherever you can, just get your votes in tonight. Check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that's at the Ken Reedy Show. If you like doing the Twitter. And our website is 
thekenreedyshow.com. We got pictures. We got blogs. We got all sorts of nifty things over there on the website. So check us out over there on thekenreedyshow.com. You may have heard me mention 1640 a little bit ago. I mentioned 1640. There are a lot of you out there that are fans of the show that you know damn well what 1640 is. But maybe we got some new listeners on board tonight. Maybe you don't know what 1640 is. And when I mentioned the greatest Survivor Series matchup, elimination tag matchup of all time, the 1640 shows are voting on that. All the 1640 shows were accumulating votes over the last few weeks. And what 1640 is, it is a pro wrestling podcast network. It is amazing. 1640 PWPR. Our show is on the network. We got shows like the King Firehawk Show. Uh, the, the cool down with AC, uh, uh, that image guy, Joey Image, uh, former independent wrestler. You know, we have, we have lots of great shows on the network. And the best part about it is you can subscribe for free. Head on over to iTunes, do a search, 1640 PWPR. Our network pops up, and then you'd subscribe for free. For free. Does it get any better? And then you have access to all these different shows. So then you get a real comprehensive view of the world of pro wrestling, different opinions, different eyeballs looking at the subject, lots of great wrestling minds on this network. And we don't just do that. Some of the shows do some MMA. We hit some boxing over there. So, you know, if it involves hitting somebody, you could probably find us one of us talking on the network. Head over to iTunes. Subscribe. 164640PWPR. Check that out. Subscribe today. With so much, you know, it's usually, my intro is usually with so much to go through. There's not a lot in this pay-per-view. So uh, there's a lot of question marks, though. A lot of question marks, more so than most pay-per-views, as far as what matches we might get tonight. So through this, uh, the question marks and the speculation and all the stuff to try and make heads or tails make sense. And what the blazes this pay-per-view is all about would not be able to make sense without my tag team partner. Let's get him on the line. Dave, how you doing this evening? Lots of questions, hopefully, uh, with my with my wrestling knowledge and, uh, and, and limited or unlimited expertise, wherever you'd prefer that is. Uh, I can answer some of those questions for you tonight, especially considering we've talked about it. It's one of the big four pay-per-views in WWE history, and out of the four, this gets the least amount of emphasis put on it. So um, hopefully here at the Ken Reedy Show, we can do a great job of putting emphasis on a pay-per-view that WWE hasn't even really put a whole lot of emphasis on, um, at least with this year. So let's get into it. Agreed. And, and, you know, it, it's interesting, Dave, and, and I, we talked about it uh, last show, and, uh, you know, it's funny, man. I, we have a good time. You know, we have a good time doing the show. We enjoy doing the show. And, and let's face it, I mean, there are there are some of you out there that maybe take this a little bit too seriously, and who knows, maybe I'm pointing the finger. I mean, hell, I'm doing a show once or twice a week talking about this stuff. Maybe I take it a little too seriously, but um, ultimately, wrestling pro wrestling um if if you go the sports entertainment route uh that's what you want to call it fine um i i still like to call it pro wrestling um but it's supposed to be a distraction uh it's supposed to be something for fun uh it it's a it's a good escape 
I mean, that's what I've always loved about wrestling. It's a, it's a nice escape. It's uh, when it's done right. It's simple storytelling, and uh, you know that's what I love about wrestling. And you know, on this show, and I had mentioned on the last show, you know, we've been doing this for a while, Dave, and and it sucks when like you feel that the need because you kind of have to with with some of the uh, the worldly tragedies that occur that you know you you can't you can't get on the air and pretend that that stuff doesn't happen. And as much as uh, this is an escape. You still have to acknowledge and 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 send well wishes or sympathies when uh, some of these horrendous events occur. And and unfortunately, last show we had to mention, um, you know, and give uh, our our best wishes uh, to uh, Paris and all the victims affected there. And um, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, at times, real life and and the wrestling world kind of intersect. And I'm sure you guys have all heard. And and I'm gonna have you know. I'm going to have the news sites up on my computer. If we hear anything, uh, you know, I will keep everyone on the air posted. Um, but unfortunately, now, again, it's all speculation. Uh, supposedly, this is a, a a credible source, but let's let's take it for what it's worth. It's, it's a hacker source. So, um, you know, could it be credible? Absolutely. Uh, could it be not so much? Yeah. Um, but supposedly they uh, intercepted or uh, hacked into some information that uh, showed that Survivor Series could be a target tonight uh, for a potential ISIS attack. Um, you know, and Dave, it, it, is, it is weird for me, like, doing this show, like, and reporting on, you know, real news. Um, but, you know, WWE perseveres. We persevere. We're not going to let... Uh, these these sick individuals uh, cause us not to live the life uh, that we want to live. Um, you know, everyone in Atlanta, you know, unfortunately, be diligent. Keep your eyes open. Uh, you know, it might be cliche, but you see something, say something. Um, but as of right now, it's a threat, um, potentially credible. Uh, we're hearing that Atlanta is beefing up security. Uh, with their own police departments, as well as the, the FBI is involved investigating the, the credibility of the threat. So the good news is it, it looks like security will be increased uh, in the Atlanta area. And, you know, God willing, all that happens tonight is, is a kick-ass pay-per-view and nothing more. And this just this comes and goes. And uh, we, we don't see any sort of tragic events unfolding. Um but that is what we're seeing right now as far as the news surrounding uh, the potential threat. And it's just it's interesting, Dave, when you hear, you know, it's one thing when you get information and speculation that, you know, uh, the United States is being targeted. And, and look, we're the United States. Like, it's like we're always being targeted. Uh, but it is something different when you hear something that specific when it's like the Survivor Series is, is being targeted it, as much as. You want to be brave, and you want the fans to be brave. It, it is slightly unnerving. It's, I mean, it's it's a very serious situation. Um, when I when I heard about it, um, considering the attacks that that have taken place recently in Paris, um, I mean, you you can't help but take it seriously. At the same time, um, you know, terrorist groups, and unfortunately, in this society, um, this group ISIS that has been uh, running rampant all over the world, um, doing sick things to people. Um, you, you have to take these threats seriously. But the good thing about it is the local authorities, WWE, the FBI, 
Our government, the United States of America, they've gotten in front of it. They're taking the proper precautions and security measures to make sure that um, everything is in place properly and there's nothing that's, you know, uh, that, that potentially um, stands out that could be threatening. It's a large assembly of people. Any kind of event, a large assembly of people, a sporting event, an entertainment event, concert, whatever you would, whatever you would, would would call it um their targets from this group so um i'm just glad that uh you know they're taking the right steps and the right measures and if it was that serious enough um where they could this could be i mean kind of jumbling over my words here but um if this threat was too serious and this show were to have been canceled or postponed or what have you, it wouldn't bother me one single bit despite being a wrestling fan because obviously the safety of thousands of people is more important than just any other wrestling show. Um, But if you didn't have a reason to hate ISIS before, you definitely do now if they wanted to threaten to take away your wrestling entertainment for the evening. I will say that. Yeah, and again, like hopefully just it's, you know, it's nothing and, and, you know, we – Everything goes according to plan, and uh, you know it's interesting because I mean, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, I mean, I feel like, you know if you cut him, I feel like his blood's going to come out red, white, and blue. Um, you know, he does makes no apologies about being uh, uh, an American. He loves his country, and uh, you know, Vince or Triple H. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some sort of speech or a you know defiant kind of message tonight that that you know we will not be deterred. We're here. Um, and, and good for them. I mean, good for the WWE, uh, you know, and, and again, if you're in Atlanta, see something, say something, um, and we'll keep you posted here. Uh, keep it tuned here if we get any news uh, surrounding uh, uh, potential uh, dangerous situations in Atlanta. We'll be sure to report on it as we go through the show. And again, it's just, it's it's weird, man. It's, it's weird doing this show and doing a wrestling podcast and... Uh, having to enter real life for a little while uh, because, uh, again, I love wrestling because it uh, takes me a little bit away from real life, and it's uh, it's an escape, and it's it's a fun escape. And uh, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of escape, again, when I do this show, I have the WWE Network pulled up on my computer screen, and right now I'm in, in RIP, you know, rest in peace, both of them, but I... There's a Ultimate Warrior is is going off on Paul Bearer and just the expressions on Bearer's face right now is just all and that's what's great about wrestling it is just an absolute escape and uh, I love pro wrestling but anyway when we do the, these pre shows and we get you set for our pay per views uh, one of the things we've uh, we've done for some time is uh, we do Dave's uh, pay per view throwback segments and. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool because, like David mentioned, one of the the top four, one of the original four pay per views, uh, a rich, rich in history. Uh, we got the Undertaker's anniversary tonight, so lots of stuff surrounding Survivor Series. So with all the special stuff surrounding Survivor Series, you just we just couldn't fit it into one segment, one throwback segment. So you got you got a trilogy tonight. Tonight you have a trilogy. Of throwbacks. So without further ado, here is Dave's pay-per-view throwback for Survivor Series, Part 1. Good evening, class. Welcome to Part 1 of a Part 3 of a three-part series of the pay-per-view throwback titled Strive to Survive. 
In my first lesson plan, I would like to discuss what WWE Creative has failed to do in the build toward this year's Survivor Series, and that's discuss the match that started it all, the traditional Survivor Series elimination match. We all know the rules. Teams of four or five compete in a match trying to eliminate all members of the opposing team by either pinfall, submission, countout, or disqualification, setting up some interesting pairings and interesting odd deficits. Over the years, though, WWE Creative has put the concept in a coma, if you will, and eliminated the match as the focal point of the show. But we here at 1640, and more importantly, Professor Rosenbluth at the Ken Reedy Show, will help keep the memory of this great match concept alive and well for all of you. So tonight, allow me to give you a history lesson on the five matches that you can still vote for on the 1640 PWPR Greatest Survivor Series Elimination Match. I'll start with an affair that was voted among all the shows at 1640 as the most popular match in the concept's history. Number one, the Warriors versus the Perfect Team from Survivor Series 1990. This match is remembered for being one of the shorter elimination matches in its history. Warrior and the Legion of Doom at the time were brothers in paint, battling the newly formed three-man version of Demolition. At the same time, Mr. Perfect was reeling from losing his intercontinental title to the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Add all these combustible elements together, and you've got a wild encounter on your hands. And wild lived up to the moniker. Just right off the bat, Warrior made quick work of Demolition's axe. Not too long after that, the rest of Demolition and the Legion of Doom could not contain themselves and got themselves disqualified. This now left Mr. Perfect all alone against Warrior and Von Erich. Perfect didn't waste time in eliminating the Tornado with a Perfect Flex, leaving him face-to-face with the champ. After a back-and-forth exchange between the Perfect One, er, er, excuse me, after a back-and-forth exchange, the Perfect One was no match for the Ultimate Warrior, leaving him as the sole survivor. Match number two. Hulk Hogan, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow versus Andre the Giant, Ravishing Rick Rude, The Natural Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, and the One Man Gang from Survivor Series 1987. The anticipation for the very first main event in Survivor Series history was a fever pitch. A potential showdown between WWF champion Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant is the reason why most fans, if not all fans, had purchased the pay-per-view to begin with. Controversy had surrounded the match at bell time as referee Joey Morello was the official, the very same referee that Andre and manager Bobby Heenan accused of not making a fast enough three count in the infamous WrestleMania three title match. As the match ensued, Hogan and Andre did get a piece of one another, but Hogan's emotions took over as a brawl on the outside with King Kong Bundy caused Hogan to be eliminated via a countout. This left Bam Bam Bigelow at a disadvantage going up against Andre in the final minutes of the match. Bigelow tried every quick maneuver in the book to counter the eighth wonder of the world, but was no match on this night. Andre the Giant was your winner and sole survivor in the very first main event in Survivor Series history. Team WWF, The Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Chris Jericho, and The Big Show against Team Alliance, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon from Survivor Series 2001. In the year 2001, the business was going through a major change. The WWF was the only game in town as Vince McMahon bought World Championship Wrestling, WCW. In the storyline, though, Vince's son Shane had purchased WCW right from under his father's nose. On top of that, Vince's daughter Stephanie bought the now-defunct Extreme Championship Wrestling, ECW. And together they looked to take out the largest sports entertainment juggernaut led by their very own father. 
Their group, the Alliance. This match was for control of the WWF and sports entertainment. Top stars from both entities battled it out to see what the future may hold in sports entertainment. Eliminations occurred at a back-and-forth pace, leaving you wondering just who would survive. The Rock and Stone Cold, the two pillars of the WWF, squared off, but this time Austin was representing the Alliance. A different sight from a few months prior when the two clashed at WrestleMania 17 for the WWF Championship just a mere six days following WWE's purchase of WCW. Championships, though, were set aside as job security was at stake with Austin's team solidly behind him despite their distrust of the rattlesnake heading into the match. A curveball courtesy of Vince McMahon came in the form of Alliance member Kurt Angle costing his team the victory, leaving The Rock as your sole survivor and the WWF the undisputed winner of sports entertainment supremacy. Our fourth match, Nature Boy Ric Flair, the Warlord, the Mountie, and the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase against Roddy Piper, Brett the Hitman Hart, Virgil, and the British Bulldog from Survivor Series 1991. An interesting affair on any card, but nonetheless, this match opened up the 1991 Survivor Series. Each individual in this match had something to prove. For Flair's team, it was all about the redemption. The Mountie was reeling from his jailhouse match loss at SummerSlam. DiBiase had lost his million-dollar title at that very same event. The Warlord, well, he's just a warlord. And Flair was making his WWF pay-per-view debut after a long and successful stint with Jim Crockett Promotions and World Championship Wrestling. On the other side... Piper was returning to action after a stint in the, co- in the commentator's role. Bret Hart was in his early stages of his very first singles championship run as Intercontinental Champion. Virgil, too, had won his first major title as Million Dollar Champion. And Davy Boy Smith was embarking on a singles career after success as a tag team competitor. Even though this concept was team-oriented, all the participants were looking to shine individually. This match was pure chaos from start to finish as everybody was looking to get a piece of one another. First elimination came when Flair eliminated Davy Boy Smith to give his team the early lead. Piper's team fired back as the referee lost control of the bout, not for the first time, I might add, and Piper illegally pinned the Warlord by breaking up his full Nelson on the legal participant, Virgil, to even up the sides at three apiece. After that elimination, the rest of the contest just went straight to hell, combatants brawling all over as referee Joey Morella couldn't take it anymore and called for the bell. His decision was ruled that every participant who battled inside the ring was disqualified, with the exception of the legal man in the match who slid out to the floor, the winner and sole survivor, Ric Flair. Talk about confusing logic. In our fifth and final match, Team Stone Cold versus Team Bischoff, Survivor Series 2003. 2003 was the year that we witnessed the active ring days of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming to an end. The Rattlesnake, though, still had a presence in WWE in the form of sharing general manager duties with Eric Bischoff, presiding over the Raw brand. In the months prior to Survivor Series, the struggle for power was ever so present on Raw as Austin and Bischoff seemingly couldn't get along on the job. Austin had formed his own brand of justice as GM by taking matters into his own hands physically with several members of the roster throughout the course of the year. This prompted WWE board of directors to force immediate termination on Austin if he were to ever get physical with another WWE superstar unless he was provoked physically. Following that, superstar, following that, superstars made strong attempts to provoke Austin in hopes of termination. The chaos on Raw reached a boiling point 
and neither GM couldn't take much more. Bischoff made the challenge. Austin accepted. Bischoff finds five guys. Austin enlists in five of his own. Traditional Survivor Series elimination rules. If Team Stone Cold were to win, Austin would have free reign to whoop as much ass as he sees fit as general manager. If Team Bischoff were victorious, Austin would be fired. The participants were chosen. The match was set. The stakes were at an all-time high. For me as a fan, going back and watching this match, what I enjoyed the most was the story told by Shawn Michaels, as he was the last remaining hope for Team Austin. On the other side, Team Bischoff had Orton, Jericho, and Christian left to battle. A bloody Michaels one by one courageously fights back as he barely eliminates Christian with a super kick, leaving him at a two to one deficit. Not too long after that, a quick roll up on Jericho causing elimination and left both teams even to decide a sole survivor. At this point, Bischoff knew it was all or nothing and he decided to get his hands dirty in order to win, which caused even more chaos as Austin went back to his roots and began stomping mud holes in Easy E in order to save his job. Amidst the insanity, Batista, Evolution's Batista, snuck in to drop the heartbreak kid with a Batista bomb, Batista bomb and ultimately give Team Bischoff the victory. Class, that is part one of this month's pay-per-view throwback. Don't forget to vote for one of these matches on the 1640 PWPR Greatest Survivor Series Elimination Match. To cast your vote, go to facebook.com slash Show. Under the comments portion of the post, you let us know what match should win. Or call us tonight at 347-838-9815 on the Ken Reedy Show Survivor Series pregame special. Class, stay tuned for part two as I educate you on 25 years of The Undertaker and his history at the Survivor Series event. Man, good stuff. I love, like, I'm watching, like, as you're, as you're talking, uh, The Undertaker, uh, the, uh, the network threw up that segment when um, they locked the Ultimate Warrior in the coffin. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Like, I'm just, like, you're doing your segment, and I'm listening to you, and I'm watching that, and I'm just like, I'm trying so hard. And I had to turn my mic down because I didn't realize, like, I had forgotten that they, they were really giving uh, Warrior mouth-to-mouth once they finally got the... Uh, I mean, they were really going to town on, like, the uh, uh, CPR as he was in the uh, – when they finally got – it took him forever to get the casket open. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. The chest compressions, and then he's getting mouth-to-mouth, and then poor Warrior actually starts to come to, and he's coughing and everything, and I think it's Hebner. Hebner limbs, leans in and puts the lips right on Warrior's lips, like, <laughs> one more time. Like, he's breathing. Ah, oh, Hebner just That's wanted one, one last warrior smooch before he let him go. Good stuff. Anyway, you know, before we, other, into, you know go ahead. before we get into anything else, I'd like to let our listeners know that the current standings for tonight's vote stand oh, as yeah. right now we're at, a, we're at a tie for first place. It's Team WWF versus Team Alliance tied with Team Andre and Team Hulk Hogan from 1987 in first place. In second place, Team Piper and Team Flair, and tied for third place is Eric Bischoff's team against Stone Cold's team and the Warriors versus the Perfect team. So cast your votes right now or call in your votes. We will announce the winner close to the end of this broadcast. Yeah, we're going to ask your votes when you call in tonight, so I want that, or you can head over to Facebook and, and give the votes there. And uh, you know, all the votes are close, so you know we could have a totally different list by the end of the show, so... Make sure your voice is heard. And, you know, as you're going through everything, Dave, uh, it, it's interesting, you know. I mean, one of the things I love about pro wrestling, um, 
you know, right now and being a fan uh, for as long as I've been a fan of it, you, we you start to really get a sense of of the rich history of pro wrestling and uh, you know uh, the historical figures and uh, the different pay per view events and you know you look at the Survivor Series and a lot of history surviving uh, su- surrounding Survivor Series. Um, you'll look at, you know, one of the original big four, um, whereas, and we've talked on the show, the WWE has done a really nice job at maintaining, uh, really, you know, maintaining a level of importance, especially with the Rumble and WrestleMania, uh, over the past few years, they've done a lot. Uh, to rekindle uh, SummerSlam, to to make, you know, the WrestleMania of the summer. Uh, That is a big deal right now. And and it's a shame. It's a real shame that when you look at the rich history of pro wrestling, when you look at the rich history of the WWE, uh, the rich history surrounding the Big Four, uh, as they're called, um, the, the WWE has allowed... Survivor Series to become the bastard child of the big four pay-per-views. Uh, it continues to, uh, you know, it occurs um, bad time of year. Uh, we've discussed time and time again, if you're going to allow creative to take some time off or whatever they do this time of year, uh, it would probably be easy just to kind of have uh, on Raw and SmackDown having guys pick teams, putting teams together for Survivor Series and having uh, traditional Survivor Series matches uh, go back to yesteryear, make the pay-per-view special, multiple, uh, if not the whole pay-per-view, Survivor Series, traditional Survivor Series matchups. You know, Dave, you look at, we're trying to figure out the the greatest uh, elimination tag match of all time, and, you know, it's great reminiscing about that, but we come to tonight's show and, and as a fan and you know I, I guess I would refer to myself as a traditionalist uh, an old school kind of guy I don't completely hate on the new stuff I really don't um, but if I had to classify myself it's uh, I, I shouldn't say I don't know if I call myself an old school guy necessarily but the old school guy in me is is uh, offended um, I, I'm actually taken aback, and it really kind of bothers me that the Survivor Series elimination tag matchup is TBD versus TBD. I, I just think that's, uh, with the rich history there, um, you, you, you just could have done better. And it just it, it kind of bugs me that uh, as far as traditional, now I know there's a lot of guys we could speculate now, and why not? Let's fantasy book away, Dave. Uh, but the first order of business, it just bugs me that the survive the traditional Survivor Series matchup at this point in time is non-existent. I I would agree with you. I'm disappointed in in the fact that um, it's not a main focal point of the show. I think um, you know it. it people want to see it. A lot of people want to see it be a part of the show again, like the the. The, the centerpiece of this pay-per-view event because of the rich history that it has and the, the interesting matchups that it has created over the years. Um, I think, to be honest with you, before Seth Rollins' injury, I think they were kind of leaning towards having it have more of a presence on this year's card than in recent years because 
they had put two traditional Survivor Series elimination matches on TV. So in a way, they were almost kind of previewing what you could see at Survivor Series, even though they didn't officially announce a traditional Survivor Series elimination match. If you remember, Rollins and Reigns had teams. And then I think later on in the week, the Wyatts had a team, and they just kind of previewed that match without announcing an official one. Um, and I, I think that that's the direction they were kind of going in. Um, but then, of course, Seth Rollins' injury changed that. And I think with this tournament, they were trying to figure out how things were going to play out. Um, it kind of got put to the back burner. I was a little disappointed that up until – um, tonight, there hadn't been an announcement made as to who these participants are in the match. Um, but I think to, in a way, save face for this match, um, what would be cool is if maybe on tonight's kickoff show, the, the, the WWE pre-show, if they were to give the, the fans out there an opportunity to vote as to who would be on each team, almost kind of like a draft in a way. Like you could get, give them you know, X amount of wrestlers and let the fans vote as to which 10 guys are going to compete in this match and make it make it interesting, at least kind of save face for the concept because it's really been just almost put out to pasture. Um, to speculate in fantasy book, well, uh, on Twitter, I guess, Sheamus and Kalisto both indicated that they would be participating in the match. Um, so I could see a number of different guys involved. Um, I could see, like... Ryback, the Usos, and the Lucha Dragons taking on, like, the New Day and maybe Sheamus and Wade Barrett. That's just a guess. Um, I could see, like, Stardust and the Ascension maybe teaming with the Miz to take on, like, the Dudleys, Neville, maybe Cesaro, although I just read a report and a tweet from JR. Apparently Cesaro is possibly going to need shoulder surgery, a possible torn rotator cuff, which would leave him out of action for six months. That would be a huge blow considering all the injuries and the absences that are on WWE's roster right now. Um, so if Cesaro isn't involved somehow in tonight's five-on-five traditional match, then I would venture to guess that's because he's, he's out of action because of this rumored shoulder injury. So um, I, those individuals that I had mentioned, those there's about 10, so, 10 and four, so about those 14 guys right there, Dudley's, Neville, Cesaro, Miz, Ascension, Stardust, New Day, Usos, Ryback, Lucha Dragons, Sheamus Barrett. Uh, I could see any combination of those guys. I know it's kind of hard to really pinpoint as to what particular guys are going to be in the match, but those 14 guys I could see involved in the match. Here's another thing, too. Harper and Rowan are not involved in their tag match tonight. Tonight's Undertaker Kane tag matches against Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. So I kind of have a feeling maybe we'll see Harper and Rowan involved because they've had some interaction with a couple of the guys um, that I mentioned before as to possibly being a part of the the Survivor Series match. But, yeah, that's just my speculation. We'll see what happens. Um, They could throw us a completely different curveball as as to who's going to be in the match. But I think to save face, let the fans vote on the WWE app. And let's see, let them pick who's going to be in the match. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, give it something. And I hope whatever happens, we get an entertaining matchup. Um, you know, I'm very disappointed in, um, you know, what they, what they did with this pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I think they've done, you know, there have been some bad summer slams. I think the past few years they've done a nice job at really uh, giving you that special feel surrounding 
uh, SummerSlam. I just don't think there's that special feel uh, surrounding this pay-per-view anymore. And, and, and I, you know, we've talked before in the past about, um, you know, them possibly changing Survivor Series. And again, the traditionalist in me, I, I don't want to see that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to see them change Survivor Series. I think you can... Uh, you can move ahead by by moving backwards uh, to a certain extent and, and bring back some more of these traditional Survivor Series matchups. Uh, yeah, maybe there's a solution that we're not even thinking of, but I think there's uh, you know there's there's something you can do, and it's it's not necessarily reinventing the wheel. Uh, you know the, the the methodology to bring back this pay per view is is out there. Um, so disappointed with that, but let's get into uh, you know some other controversy as far as uh, you know Survivor Series, and we have you know I guess it's a good thing. We're talking about the ladies, um, you know, uh, we're watching the ladies' matches, we're into the ladies, uh, they're giving us some intriguing storylines, you know, I'm thinking here with this show, we talk about the divas, maybe it's not the bathroom break anymore when you're listening to the show, it's a good thing. Um, controversy surrounding segment in which Paige uh, brought up Charlotte's deceased brother, uh, is WWE creative to blame? Is Charlotte to blame? Uh, Reed's mother not too happy. Ric Flair not too happy with the situation. Fans up in arms. So, uh, I mean, to me, it's a lot of moving parts, and I'm not about to necessarily point the finger at any one person. I'm not going to necessarily say that this was wrong. Um, I, I will say one thing, that when it comes to wrestling fans, you you bitch and you complain and, oh, God, why can't we go back to the Attitude Era? Oh, we want edgier programming. And then as soon as they give you something edgy, it's, oh, my God, that was offensive. How could they do something like that? That was horrible. So, I mean, you can't have it both ways. Um, I, I like the segment. I, I thought the uh, the use of, of the deceased family member uh, gave it some juice. Uh, to me, when it comes to wrestling, look, if Charlotte said, absolutely not, I don't want you to mention my, my dead brother, and WWE said, that's too bad, we're going to, then the WWE is 100% wrong. But I think there's, when I look at the situation, it just seems like uh, there may have been some breakdown in communications, and, uh, you know, maybe some people weren't informed when they should have been. Um, but, you know, two separate issues here, Dave. To me, the segment, it was edgy. Uh, it added some more juice to the, to the rivalry and the program between Paige and Charlotte. I, you know, as far as the subject matter, you know, it depends on, I guess, your feelings on things. Maybe offensive, maybe not. Well, first, before I get into that, i got a little bit of breaking news. The Usos have just tweeted that they are going to be in the traditional Survivor Series elimination match. Um, so as of right now, it's been confirmed. Sheamus, Kalisto, and the Usos. Um, I don't know who's going to be teaming with who, but that's what's indicated via their personal Twitter account. So if I'm going to go out with a prediction, I'm going to go with the good guys are going to beat the bad guys today, <laughs> tonight, in the traditional five-on-five elimination match. So the good guys, that's my prediction right now, the good guys are going to win. As far as the and girls, let's, let's start the low fest because I will go with the good guys as well. They, they, you know what? Good guys wear white. Okay. <laughs> Straight up, good guys wear white. That's, that's, anyhow, um, the girls, as far as this, this segment goes, um, yes, it was edgy. Um, I dug the fact that they put it in the last spot in the show. I think that's huge. A lot of people don't really grasp that, is that it was in the final segment of Monday Night Raw, which is the segment, 
that you would want to be in, whether it's a match or whether it's the closing moments of the show where you, where the credits and you fade to black, they were in that segment. That that tells that tells the viewer that WWE is at least putting some effort and some stock into the girls if you want to showcase them in, a, in an important and positive light to the viewers you put them in that you put them in that position and i think they did well honestly i did some people said that it was boring um that it kind of dragged on a little too long um and as far as the comment in regards to her brother who has been deceased for a few years now i didn't take so much offense to it and the reason why i didn't because passing and talking about him after the fact was not the focal point of that segment. It was not the centerpiece. It wasn't the thing that that, that segment was centered around. It was just a little jab by Paige to kind of get under the skin of of Charlotte's character. And it would be different because it, it would be different than stuff in the previous years, like when Eddie Guerrero passed away. When Eddie Guerrero passed away, his spirit lived on for like, almost a couple of years on TV in terms of storylines. Like Ray dedicated the Royal Rumble victory to him and the higher power of Eddie Guerrero helped him win the Royal Rumble and then it helped him win the title at WrestleMania. They put him in the Hall of Fame and then he wrestled and he had the Eddie Guerrero armband on for like over a year and then he feuded with Chavo and it was because of their relationship with Eddie who's dead. Like that was, to me, I didn't even feel comfortable with that stuff. But I don't think that that's the direction that they're going in, that this storyline is going to be centered around the fact that, you know, Charlotte's little brother um, had passed away. So I didn't have an issue with it. And, yes, you wrestling fans, you bitch, and you complain that the content is edgier. Now you got edgier and you're complaining that it was it was drawing the line. Uh, we can go back to many, many, many segments on television uh, during the Attitude Era and talk about drawing the line, and you all thought it was – fantastic television so um definitely added more interest to this match because i thought the interest to this match was a little bit bland and vanilla the the stereotypical one girl jealous of the other for having more success and now they're going to fight over it but i thought it kind of added some juice and some life to the storyline and uh i'm actually kind of looking forward to the match between the two tonight i really am and to go with a prediction i'm going to go with page wins now, she either wins the title or she wins by disqualification, but that's because she's gotten Charlotte so fired up that Charlotte just kind of lets the emotions get the best of her and she costs herself the match. So I'm not going to say Paige is going to win the title, but I'm not saying she's losing either. So I'm going with a Paige victory here. Gutsane will disagree right off the bat. I'm going to go with Charlotte with a victory tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I think if you're going to fault anything in this segment uh, – if, and we don't know, but if behind the scenes, if Charlotte said, absolutely not, I don't want to do this, and WWE said, you have to, then, yeah, then I have a problem with the WWE. Uh, other than that, I, I again, it gave it some juice. It was violent at the end. Um, using Reed uh, definitely added uh, some, some juice to that. Um, you know, it really looked like that Charlotte just, if... Uh, she could. She was going to take Paige's head off. Um, you know, I thought that whole segment at the end was was violent and, and, and edgy, um, which which I thought was good. And you know, I think a lot of fans need to understand that you can't 
the wrestling look and, and you know Dave and I you know we've been I, I mean I'm uncomfortable even saying like you know we're we're in the wrestling business we've been involved at least for me I'm uncomfortable with saying that like we've been, I've been involved in the wrestling business I, I've been in locker rooms uh, I've, I've gotten to observe what what the wrestling business is about uh, you know the the, the culture of being a pro wrestler and and it's a, it's a different mindset. Um, you know, I, I would bet that there's a lot of wrestlers out there that, uh, you know, after passing, if they would, uh, you know, if, if they if they could uh, be in a segment, uh, would almost take it as a tribute, uh, as an homage to uh, uh, someone's place in, in wrestling history, uh, something that's, uh, even though it might be derogatory in the segment, it's still looked at as a, a tribute, so to speak, so... Uh, you also got to take that with a grain of salt, not knowing uh, what the business is all about, not knowing how the, you know, what the family feels or uh, what Charlotte was thinking at the time. Uh, Charlotte may have looked at this as as a tribute to her brother, uh, just mentioning him his name on Monday Night Raw. So, I, I mean, I would say, you know, it's not for us to judge. Uh, that's something that uh, the Flair family and and WWE need to reconcile with themselves as far as uh, their thoughts on on the segment. Um, but I do think that as far as the WWE goes, if Charlotte gave her okay and they went with it, uh, to me, I don't think you can you can start pointing the finger of blame towards the WWE. Um, you know, it's, but that's just my take on it. Uh, you want to give us a call? Give us your take on the segment. Again, it was edgy, one of the more edgy segments we've seen in recent memory. Again, it's tough in the PG era, but you know, I thought it was a decent segment. Dave, you said it. Uh, at the end of Monday Night Raw, that's the place you want to be. So give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number two call to, to give us your thoughts on this segment, the entire card, Survivor Series history, and we want to hear your vote on the greatest Survivor Series match, Elimination Chamber match of all time. But now, you guys, it is that time. It's time for part two as we break it down and we give you a look a comprehensive look at the history of Survivor Series. So part two now of the Dave pay-per-view throwback. 25 years of The Undertaker. November 22nd, 1990. My hometown, where I was born, Hartford, Connecticut, Survivor Series. 25 years to the day, on the very evening... On this exact date, tonight, the Undertaker character burst onto the scene as the mystery partner for Ted DiBiase's million-dollar team. His impressive debut from that match was the launching point for his character's ascension to the top of WWE, where he has stayed ever since. Throughout the years, the list of his accomplishments reads a mile long, but none greater than Taker's illustrious WrestleMania undefeated streak. But before WrestleMania was branded around Undertaker's streak, Survivor Series was Undertaker's first piece of real estate in professional wrestling and in WWE, where he laid the groundwork for countless history-making moments. Tonight's second lesson plan in my pay-per-view throwback chronicles Undertaker and his Survivor Series resume. Following his debut at the 1990 Survivor Series, Undertaker's Survivor Series resume built up to be one that is very diverse. From title matches, gimmick matches, traditional Survivor Series elimination matches, Taker has made his tenure at Survivor Series events very memorable. In his 25-year career, Undertaker has appeared at 18 Survivor Series events. In those 18 years, 
Taker has competed in four championship matches with a record of 2-2, two and two, defeating Hulk Hogan for the WWE title in 91 and retaining his World Heavyweight Championship against The Big Show and Chris Jericho in a triple threat match in 2009. His losses come at Survivor Series 2000 to Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship and in 2007 in a gimmick match The Undertaker is all too familiar with Hell in a Cell. The dead man went to war with Batista and came up short in his championship aspirations thanks to Edge. Undertaker at Survivor Series has participated in six gimmick matches. Three of those matches Undertaker has participated in come in the form of the casket match. Taker holds an impressive 3-0 casket match record beginning with the debut casket match at the 1992 Survivor Series and a victory over the Ugandan giant Kamala. His other two casket match victories came in 1994 over Yokozuna and in 2008 over The Big Show. In 2003, Big Evil looked to rid the WWE of Mr. McMahon in the rarest of matches known as the Buried Alive match. Fortunately, Undertaker was the one who was pushing daisies on that evening, and I'll get into the circumstances surrounding that match a little later. Finally, another unorthodox match from 2006. The dead man went toe-to-toe in a first blood match with the young upstart, Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. And coming out on the losing end in controversial fashion, thanks to MVP. Screwjobs in Survivor Series seem to be a trend now, don't they? And in the 25 years that The Undertaker has dominated with his presence, it's a foregone conclusion that he's been a part of several traditional Survivor Series elimination matches. After all, his debut came during one of those matches. Including his 1990 debut as a part of the Million Dollar Team, Undertaker has participated in four Survivor Series elimination matches. In 1993, he teamed with Lex Luger and the Steiner Brothers against the Foreign Fanatics. In 1995, he captained a team known as the Dark Side, comprising of Savio Vega, Fatu, and Henry Godwin, as they defeated the Royals. And in 2001, he was a part of Team WWF facing the Alliance. The miscellaneous portions of Undertaker's Survivor Series resume is rather short. In 1996 and in 2004, Undertaker competed in standard singles matches at Survivor Series. No bells and whistles, just bare-bones, singles, and counters. One against Mankind, and the other against the demented Heidenreich. The only time The Undertaker appeared at Survivor Series in an unofficial manner was in 2005, following Team SmackDown's victory over Team Raw in a traditional Survivor Series match, as he set his sights on the sole survivor of that winning team, Randy Orton. The dead man laid waste to the rest of the SmackDown roster, leaving his return one of the more memorable moments in Survivor Series history. And after all of that, this is how tonight's lesson plan comes full circle, with the encounter between the Brothers of Destruction against the Wyatt family. This will be the second time the Brothers of Destruction have teamed together at Survivor Series. In 2001, Kane was also a part of Team WWF in the victory over the Alliance. But where there's good... Not too far away is the bad blood both of these two characters have with one another. Not only has this love-hate relationship between the Storyline Brothers played out over WWE TV for the better part of 17 years, but it's had its fair share of memorable moments at the Survivor Series as well. 
1998, for instance, saw the brothers battle in the Deadly Game Tournament for a chance to become the WWE champion. In the second round, Undertaker was victorious with a little help from Paul Bearer. Remember that Buried Alive match that I had mentioned earlier? Well, Kane was the reason why Mr. McMahon was the victor, as he cost The Undertaker the match with a surprise attack coming out of the forklift in 2003. In closing, could we see another chapter rewritten in the rivalry between the Brothers of Destruction tonight? Will Kane once again turn his back on his storyline brother, The Undertaker? Or do we see the Brothers of Destruction end their reign of terror on a positive note? Whatever the case may be, Undertaker and Survivor Series together make for memorable moments in WWE history. Class, stay tuned later tonight for the third and final installment of tonight's pay-per-view throwback lesson plan titled Championship Twists and Turns. Good stuff, again, looking at like such a rich history, and, and what a great competitor. I mean, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, Undertaker's place in history, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal, the career he's had. Let's go out to the phones now. Again, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Talk. You want to talk history? Cool. You want to talk about tonight's event? Cool. We also want to hear your votes on the greatest Survivor Series elimination tag match ever. So let's go out to the phones. We got Mike who's on the line. Mike, how you doing this evening? Good guys. How are you guys tonight? Doing all right. Bring it. I'm excited about Survivor Series and. Uh... And it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those great nights, hopefully, that we get to see some great action. And um you know, the list that you guys gave tonight were were very uh very good very good list. If I had to pick one in particular out of that list, I would uh have to go the the, the ultimate warriors and uh I like that one. So I'd have to pick that one. All right, let's mark it down, Dave, for that vote. That's crazy. That was a crazy, crazy match, and uh, you know it was. It, it also marked the end for uh, Axe because uh, we didn't see Axe after after that because of his uh, injuries and stuff. But so you're saying Warriors versus Perfect Team is your vote, Mike? Yes, sir. All right. So therefore, right now, still in first place is tied for first place is Team Andre and Team Hogan. From 87, tied with Team WWF versus the Alliance from 2001. In second place, tied for second place, I should say now, is the Warriors against the Perfect Team from 1990 and Ric Flair's captain's team against Roddy Piper's captain team from 1991. So in third place is one match that hasn't gotten a vote yet, and that's Team Austin versus Team Bischoff. You may continue with your call, Mike. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you. Um, it's just it's just one of those you know one of those nights where you look forward to Survivor Series. And uh, today I was talking to a WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Mick Foley, and we were talking about the match with the Undertaker versus Mick at Survivor Series 1996. I told him I was there, and Mick told me he has yet to watch that match. Because he thinks that that was the worst match of him and the Undertaker's, um, him and the Undertaker. He says that he actually thinks that was one of the worst matches in his career, because he says he didn't give it his all. Did he call you or did you call him? 
Oh, it was uh, it was Facebook. Facebook. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Keep curious. Continue. No, it was Facebook. Uh, Mick Foley. Okay. Mick Foley. Um, he does this thing where he was talking about the Undertaker, and and I uh, and I put down that I went to that match, and then he he chimed in, and then we went kind of went back and forth. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah, it was it was interesting, you know, um, to get his perspective on it, um, you know, because I I didn't I didn't expect him to comment. I mean, everybody commented on it, and I didn't expect him to comment, and he did. And I'm like, wow, it's one of those things. You're like, wow, Mick Foley actually gave a crap about what you had to say. And that's what's great I about social it. media. You, know, you, you never you never know who's gonna respond. So that, that that's pretty cool. I'm curious tonight, yeah. uh, Mike. What are you looking forward to in the in the matches? I'm looking forward to seeing what's gonna happen with Kane and the Undertaker. Um, you know, Brothers of Destruction coming back from this. I think they're gonna do good. I think they're gonna win. But uh, I'm looking forward to really seeing Dolph Ziggler versus Tyler Breeze. I like Tyler Breeze. I think he's really good. I think. I think he adds a lot to the WWE, um, you know, and, and I and I love that he's with Summer Rae, and I love that he's going up against Dolph Ziggler, and I, I just, I'm looking forward to that match so much. I agree. I mean, I think I, I think it was definitely a good pairing with, uh, with Summer Rae. I think that whole thing works, uh, you know, remains to be seen. I think he's got a good upside. It, it's, it's an interesting matchup because I feel like him and Ziggler are like two sides of the same coin. Um, you know, he's a rookie when he's, he's talented. Uh, but I agree. I think we're going to get a, an athletic, uh, pretty entertaining matchup tonight with these guys. Who do you think is going to come I, out I, on top? Uh, as far as all in that match, um, I, th- I think, I think Breeze is going to steal it. I think Breeze is probably going to get a win. I'm hoping he does because he's due for a win. I mean, Every you know the guy every time he wrestles he wrestles so crisp and he's so good but yet he he loses um, and it sucks because he loses a lot. Interesting. Well, Kira, I gotta ask you though before we let you go, who do you think walks away with the WWE title tonight? Ambrose, and I think he turns, and I think he goes to to um, I think he goes uh, Ambrose. I think he goes into um, what do you call it? The I think he comes. The Triple H. The Authority? I think that's what I was trying to... I'm, I'm thinking of the Ascension. I'm thinking of everything but the Authority, yeah. It's all yeah. those eight words. All right, cool. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, a lot of people are thinking that we might see an Ambrose turn and uh, join the Authority. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, whether he turns tonight or, or the Authority yeah. goes after him tomorrow night as, as a free agent with the title or if he wins at all remains to be seen. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's cool. Hey, I, I, before you let me go, I just gotta say uh, that I I am officially now with uh, Totally Driven Radio. I have I have my own show coming in the works. Um, it's gonna be me and another guy. Um, you know the the producer loved me so much because I I do a show. Um, it's called Coco and Wee Wee, and it's on Blog Talk Radio on Tuesday, on Tuesday or Thursday mornings, depending when they could do the show. And I do, and I do their top five entertainment um, news stories. And the producer, who used to be Chubby Dudley, anyway, the guy used to be Chubby Dudley. The guy's awesome. His name is Bay. They loved me so much that they offered me, um, you know, my own show with them, and I couldn't turn it down. So I do have my own wrestling show 
coming up, and it's going to be on Totally Driven Radio Network. Congratulations, dude. Look forward Thank to you. it. Uh, let's talk tomorrow, see how Survivor Series pans out. You got it, guys. Have a good Survivor Series, and let's let's do it. I'm excited. You too. Take it easy, man. You got it. And there you have it. There's Mike, and, uh, you know, doing a little advertising on our show. But uh, don't listen to him. Subscribe to 1640 PWPR. Because <laughs> he had, yeah. He, he, That's he, where you want to go. He had a full schedule, you know. It's like, <laughs> uh, I just had to be a little self-serving. <laughs> Let's go back out to the phones. We got Anthony on the line. Oh. Andy, are you there? Or is this trivia? Is this trivia? Yeah, how you doing? How you doing, Mr. Sorry, I got my 203s confused. Mr. Uh, how you doing pretty, tonight? We're doing pretty good. First of all, Ken, I'd like to wish you and Michelle and uh, Dave and Nicole a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too, Mr. Trivia. Thank you. Uh, tonight's Survivor Series, uh, you know, Mike uh, kind of hit the nail on the head as uh, Greg and I talked about this afternoon on our pre-show. Uh, I I also had mentioned to Greg that I think uh, you're going to see an Ambrose heel turn and join the authority, which, uh, which I think will be interesting. Um a lot of people, a lot of the people that I've been, uh, you know, talking with and all, you know, they're they're picking a Dean Ambrose title win tonight. But I think one, I, I think the uh, Kevin Owens Dean Ambrose match is probably going to be the, the show stealer tonight. That's a good point. You know, we haven't talked about what match could steal the show, but uh, yeah, I could see that being a, a really good match tonight. What are your thoughts on the show stealer, Dave? I think that could be a show stealing match and I also think too the uh the Bree Ziggler match could be a real show stealer as well. Both of those matches got potential to be the best match of the night. But it you know, lately with the way WWE's been putting out, you know, uh pay per view matches, um they've 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 surprised you on some of the matches that are the actual show stealing matches on their pay per views since twenty fifteen. So anything's possible, but those those two matches in my opinion I think are the ones that have potential to be the best of the night. Yeah, I think uh I think uh that's the Tyler Breeze Dolph Ziggler match is gonna be uh <coughs> excuse me, it's gonna be a real good match. I uh I'm kinda leaning towards Ziggler for that match. Uh, I really haven't really seen too much of Tyler Breeze. I watched a few matches he had in NXT uh, didn't look too didn't look too bad of a wrestler, but I think Ziggler's uh I think he's gonna one up him tonight and uh win that match. And uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about is um Saturday night, December fifth, uh me and Greg are heading out to the Danbury Police Athletic League in Danbury, Connecticut. There's a show out there called BTW. I'm sure I don't know if you guys I don't know if Ken if you've heard of it. Dave, I'm pretty sure you have big time wrestling. And um, it's going to be a great show. If you guys get a chance to check it out, you know, it's going to be a great show. Honky Tonk Man is going to be on the card. Brutus Beefcake, The Patriot, uh, Flex Armstrong, Shelly Martinez. And it's going to be highlighted by the Wolfpack, NWO Wolfpack. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac are going to be on the card. So, you know, if guys are within distance of the Police Athletic League in Danbury, Connecticut, you might want to check it out December 5th. 
you know, Top Rope Report's going to be there. And uh, if you guys get a chance to go, you know, maybe we'll just uh, see you over there and talk a, talk a little wrestling. But, cool, uh, yeah. Ken, who's, yeah, yeah, Ken and Dave, uh, who's, your, uh, who's your pick tonight to win the world title? Ah, like you're trying to get us going. You got to tune in. We're gonna hit that at the end of the show. We're gonna give okay. you our, our thoughts on the championship. But uh, all right, um, interesting stuff as always, Mr. Trivia. Thanks for the call. We'll, we'll talk to you real soon, man. All right, guys. Take it easy. And yeah, Mr. Trivia. Like it seems like that's a it's a popular theme tonight. Ambrose turning. Um, uh, just putting it out there. December fifth. Um, yeah, no, I can't make it. I can't make it. Uh, I'll be involved, in, and I want everyone to come out uh, December. Everyone's come calling in publicizing stuff, and I'm sure to Dan's been publicizing what I'm doing. Uh, but uh, IWF has an event occurring on December 5th, so uh, I'll be involved with that. And our producer, Michelle, her birthday is December 3rd, so she will be wrestling on December 5th at the IWF show. So if you want to come down and, and help Michelle celebrate her birthday and watch her do a little wrestling, uh, come on out December 5th, Nutley, New Jersey, for IWF Wrestling. If you want tickets in advance, it is CampIWF.com is where you get your tickets. And uh, let's get back to Survivor Series. And, Dave, you know, you're a throwback uh, segment two, uh, centered around The Undertaker. We have The Undertaker who, uh, you know, a different year uh, than in years past. He's been around a little bit more. Uh, this year, you wonder how he's going to be booked going forward. Uh, you got to, you know, we, we've speculated could this be uh, without him saying he's hanging it up, but kind of be, uh, you know, the beginning of the end for the Undertaker's career. Uh, you know, one of those things where like careers coming to an end. Let me reunite with Kane one last time, that sort of thing. But we got the Brothers of Destruction against the Wyatts. I think it should be a fun match, uh, another worldly kind of thing. Um, you know, does it lead to maybe a buried alive match? Uh, maybe we have, you know, this program isn't over yet. Um, I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be otherworldly. Uh, perhaps we have some lightning strikes or some fire coming out of nowhere. Maybe we have an Abigail sighting. Who knows? Should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy as a fan. I mean, I don't know how much longer he can do it. Uh, more undertaker is more better. So I'm glad he's going to be around And, and it's fun to start with it. Uh, that that fantasy booking as far as like how the rest of his year and going towards WrestleMania in Texas is going to be for this guy. But uh, you know, you said it, Dave, in, in your your throwback segment. Uh, the guy is back. He is an all time great. The, the history he brings to the table is incredible. I think we get a really entertaining matchup. Uh, you know, Taker's one of those guys. You know, that gets wrestling. He gets that psychology. You don't have to throw a spot fest in the ring to put on an entertaining match. Uh, you can slow it down. You can tell the story. He gets it. Um, for a young guy, uh, Bray Wyatt gets it. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing some real good storytelling in this matchup. Um, you know, maybe a couple of fun spots. Um, and I'll, I'll throw out, I'll give my prediction uh, right off the bat. I think the Brothers of Destruction are going to come out victorious uh, in this matchup. If not having some sort of uh, double DQ or double count out, uh, brouhaha, but I I think we're just going to see the Brothers of Destruction come out victorious here, but um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun match, Dave. I think it'll be a fun match, too. I mean, uh, he had Undertaker in recent, you know, this year, more so than in recent years, has had a larger presence in WWE storylines. 
being involved, you know, not just in WrestleMania, but uh, he made an appearance at Battleground. He had the two matches with Brock Lesnar. So this will be his fourth pay-per-view match, fifth pay-per-view appearance um, in WWE, more so than, like I said, in recent years, um, which indicates to at least some of the older more educated wrestling fans, not saying that younger wrestling fans aren't educated, but people, I should say more experienced wrestling fans, um, that his reuniting with Kane may be leading to, yes, um, his retirement is pending. It's coming up. Um, It has been rumored since last year that WrestleMania in Texas was going to be it for him, and they wanted to center the show around him and and, uh, a Hall of Fame nod. And then just a few months ago it was reported that he was open to working more, and retirement was not in his future. Um, but maybe, you know, it's all speculation, so we we here don't know the truth 100%. We just report on the speculation and make for discussion because if they didn't have that, we wouldn't have a podcast. So um, I'm going to agree with you, Ken. I think it will be a fun match, and I think Kane and Undertaker will come out victorious. I kind of have a feeling, though, that because – it's Wyatt and Strowman, Braun Strowman. I think Braun Strowman's going to be the one to eat the pinfall. But I think this Wyatt-Undertaker thing isn't over yet. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's a blow-up match of some sort between the two at the TLC event next month. So um, we could be seeing more of Undertaker heading into um, 2016 and WrestleMania season. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I mean, who knows what direction they're going to go in? Who knows? I mean, I don't know. In Texas and what Vince wants to do with this year's WrestleMania, uh, you would figure that Taker, you know, will have a prominent role. I mean, do we see him going after the title at WrestleMania? Uh, Maybe. Uh, You know, it's one of those things where I just kind of feel like, well, if if Taker's going to be at Survivor Series, and and let's just put it out there, and and if he's at – TLC. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I would stand to reason that he would have some sort of involvement, either with a match or in the in the main match itself at the Rumble. Um, and then you're in WrestleMania season, so do we wind up seeing more of Taker, um, you know, leading into WrestleMania? And then, you know, it's it's you know, with Taker, you get he's an old school guy. Uh, is he a guy that ever actually really announces his retirement beforehand? Is he a guy that? You know, like traditional wrestling that just like, you know, most of the time wrestlers don't get that feel-good Ric Flair moment of just, you know, the entire roster coming out and bidding you a fond farewell and stuff. Generally, when you retire from wrestling, uh, you know, you go out on your shield, so to speak. So do we see, uh, you know, take or lose at WrestleMania and and just never be seen again? Do we see him lose at a different pay-per-view and never be seen again? Or do we get a... uh, a big retirement? Do we get a Hall of Fame induction at WrestleMania and then a final match at, uh, you know, on the event? Uh, there's so many ways to go about this. There's, uh, you know, a lot of ways to speculate. But, you know, I think that the most the, the most obvious thing is if he's involved now, uh, you would kind of start to think that he's going to be more involved going forward um, as far as his, his involvement goes. Uh, you know, going into WrestleMania season, which, uh, you know, again, I'm excited to see more of him. Uh, I hope he can stay healthy for this run. And, you know, he's still, like I said, Dave, you know, he's one of those guys that has he lost a step? Absolutely. Uh, Has he slowed down? Without question. Uh, Can he do everything he used to do? Absolutely not. Um, 
Does he get the psychology? Yeah. Uh, does he get the storytelling? Yeah. Um, so does he know how to take this beat-up old body and make it work in that squared circle? Absolutely. So the guy knows how to do it. He knows how to tell that story. Um, so I'm glad we're going to see more of him going forward. It's it just how much more. Um, and I just, when it comes to The Undertaker, I mean, I want to see more of him, but I don't ever want to see him at the point where, you know, I feel sorry for him, that he's so beat up that it's just, it's it's not working. Um, but right now, Dave, I don't know about you, but I think his, his grasp of the psychology, he can still put on some pretty entertaining matches. Oh, yeah. I mean, physically, he might not have it all there because of age and injuries, but he, like you said, he still gets it. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's interesting that you that you brought up a, the possibly retiring and in what manner. Uh, I watched, you know, some of the Undertaker content on the network this week, and one of the uh, shows I watched, there was – I watched a few things. I watched the um, – it was like a, uh, a retrospective of his greatest moments, it was like a, like a maybe 45 minutes long, um, and it showed different highlights. But then there was the JBL sit-down legend segment and uh, with uh, Steve Austin, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. And the question was posed by JBL, um, Undertaker, how does he deserve to go out? In what circumstances? How would you like to see it? And pretty much they all came to the conclusion that it's not up to anybody but him and he's earned the right if he doesn't want to if he doesn't want to uh have a big send off and he just wants to fade off into the sunset and leave everybody questioning whether he's going to return he's allowed to do that or if he wants to um you know have a big send off and do x y and z and go out in this manner at a WrestleMania or whatever you know event He's earned the right to do that because everything that he has done for the company and everything he's accomplished and brought and all the sacrifices he's made in the wrestling business. So um, no matter what, at least in my opinion, I think he will have a send-off that will be proper for him. It may not be exactly Ric Flair-esque like it was in 2008 because that was a pretty damn good send-off, but I think the send-off that he gets, it will make sense, and it will be proper for The Undertaker. Agreed. Just want to bring you guys some breaking news. Uh, apparently, uh, a lot of subscribers across the land have lost, uh, had lost the WWE Network. The WWE Network was down uh, for a period of time. And, in fact, right here in the studio, I, I thought it was just me, but I lost it for a little bit here on the so computer. Uh, reports are that it is back up, but obviously uh, when it comes to Survivor Series, as of right now, the WWE is having uh, some tech issues. Hopefully uh, they're resolved uh, permanently and and everyone will be okay for uh, the pay-per-view tonight. But as it as it is right now, uh, everyone should be fine. But, um, you know, if you were going crazy a little while ago, what the hell is going on? That's a problem with the WWE uh, there were problems with the network, and hopefully they've had those problems uh, fixed and uh, we're ready to go for Survivor Series night. And let's get back into the event because, uh, you know, we talked a little with the callers uh, about uh, Tyler Breeze and Ziggler. Um, There's an interesting matchup to um, to, to predict because uh, you got Tyler, who's a newbie, who uh, could use a win, especially a win uh, against Ziggler at a pay-per-view would be uh, – 
would be nice. Um, but when you look at a guy like Ziggler, who's been on the main roster for a while, uh, he's a guy that, you know, you can make the case that that dude could use a win, too. Um, interesting match, uh, interesting styles, uh, both similar, similar looks. Like I said, uh, two sides of the same coin. I think this matchup is going to be really entertaining, but uh, I, I feel like, like both guys could use a win here. Um, interesting matchup to, to try and make the call on here, Dave. I I agree with you. I think both guys could use a win, um, but I think Breeze needs it more. Ziggler's over. You know, He gets a great reaction when he comes out. He gets a great reaction during his matches. He's a talented performer. So is Breeze. I've been, I was, I've been a big Tyler Breeze fan since I started watching NXT. He was essentially the, the jobber to the NXT stars. I hate to use that term, but um, it just seems to fit. But coming up to the main roster, they've done a decent job in making him feel important within the rest of the, the, the talent on the main roster. I think this match is another case of something that came about because of Seth Rollins' injury. Okay, I didn't think it was the greatest idea to have his debut match on the main roster be in the WWE Championship Tournament and him losing the first round to Dean Ambrose. I thought, if anything, maybe they should have waited for his debut match. Maybe tonight should have been the debut match. Maybe Ziggler, for weeks, should have been chasing after him, wanting a match, and Breeze wouldn't give him the time of day, and then Breeze finally gives him that one-on-one match. It would be tonight. Um, I didn't think it was good for his character to debut in a championship tournament and with all due respect to his character when did he earn an opportunity at the WWE championship coming up from NXT so quickly you know I just didn't think that it it fit for him so it should be an entertaining match both guys can go they can move they can fly um I'm I'm I mean I, I could see Ziggler winning it but like I said he's good enough where he doesn't need it um people still love him so I'm going to go with Breeze kind of sneaking out the victory here. And I'm going to agree with you. I think we're going to see something, something underhanded, though, whether it's uh, some array getting involved or uh, a distraction and use of the selfie stick. Uh, we're going to be, it's not going to be a clean win. Uh, there's going to be some sort of shenanigans, but uh, I do think Tyler Breeze is going to come out with the victory. And, uh, you know, these guys can put on some entertaining matches. So if they have a... Uh, a decent uh, mid-card feud going on between the two of them. Uh, I think that could be good and potentially be good for both of them. So uh, I'm looking for Breeze with a victory, but I'm, I'm hoping with the way these guys wrestle and their styles that it's not the last we see of them, that uh, hopefully it is an underhanded uh, victory by Breeze uh, prompting Ziggler to want a rematch, and maybe we get a, a nice mid-card program uh, out of the two of these guys. You know, a program like we talked about uh so many times where it's not surrounding a title or a title shot or anything like that. It's just two guys that don't like each other. And, uh, you know, those are the best programs in pro wrestling where it's just, hey, they just don't like each other and they want to beat each other up. So, again, I think it's going to be an entertaining matchup. And let's see, but we're both going with Tyler Breeze. And we've reached that point in the program where, like we said, three parts. Three parts tonight. Again, this show, the best, the most comprehensive pre-game show around. I'm telling you, turn off the WWE Network and their pre-show. This is where you want to be to get ready for pay-per-views. And to that end, we give you speculation, opinion, predictions, and we give you history. For part three of our pay-per-view throwback segment, 
Here's Dave with his pay-per-view throwback. Championship twists and turns. Class, welcome back, and thank you so very much for expanding your wrestling minds for a third time this evening. I'm here to educate you on the history of Survivor Series and some of the most memorable and controversial championship matches in its history. So for one last time, this evening, let's get into it. In my two previous lesson plans tonight, I mentioned the early years of Survivor Series. And for the first four years, the WWE Championship was not defended. That is until 1991, when The Undertaker defeated the immortal Hulk Hogan with a little help from the self-proclaimed real world's champion, Nature Boy. Woo! From that year on, Survivor Series wasn't just about team competition. It was also synonymous with high-stakes, controversial championship bouts. Now, we all know about the most famous and most controversial title match in wrestling history, the 1997 Montreal Screwjob from Survivor Series, where WWE Chairman Mr. McMahon orchestrated a behind-the-scenes backstabbing live in the middle of the ring and ridding WWE Champion Bret the Hitman Hart from the company for 13 years. But before Vince screwed Brett in 97, the Hitman was all too familiar with getting screwed in title matches at the annual Fall Classic. Let me take you back to 1994, the Survivor Series in San Antonio, Texas. The Hitman defends his WWE Championship against Mr. Bob Backlund in a submission match. The object of the match is to make your opponent submit, but there's a catch their respective corner men have to throw in the towel in order for the match to end, even if the participants have not given up. And Brett's corner was his brother-in-law, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Accompanying Mr. Backlund was the champion's baby brother, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. As the action ensued, Owen laid a trap for the Bulldog and lured him into the steel steps where he was knocked out cold. A shocked Owen was then brought to tears as he was witnessing his brother Brett agonize in pain as Backlund had the cross-faced chicken wing applied. Owen then begged his parents, who were sitting at ringside, to throw in the towel to save the hitman from further injury. A grief-stricken Helen Hart couldn't take it much more and succumbed to Owen's cries for help and threw in the towel. Once the bell rang, Owen revealed his true colors and had his family duped all along. His plan worked, and Bob Backlund, was the new World Wrestling Federation champion. On that night, Owen screwed Brett. The year following the infamous 1997 Montreal screw job involving Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Vince McMahon, the WWE Championship was up for grabs in a single elimination one-night tournament. The finals put the rock up against mankind. A solid back-and-forth affair worthy of a title match was all ruined at the hands of Vince McMahon as he called for the bell when the Rock had mankind in the sharpshooter. The Rock was in on the plan as he became the corporate champion when he turned his back on the people. Deja vu all over again. Will the events of 1998 mirror tonight's championship tournament? Will the authority have a hand in crowning a new WWE champion? The only guarantee I can make is that a new champion will be crowned tonight. New champions crowned at Survivor Series is no secret 
as the WWE Championship has changed hands at Survivor Series a total of 10 times. The same exact number that the WWE Championship has been vacated in the title's history. Tonight will mark 11, no matter what. Other notable uh, title changes at Survivor Series include the Big Show dethroning the next big thing, Brock Lesnar, in 2002 at Madison Square Garden, with a little bit of help from Lesnar's advocate, Paul Heyman. 2008, Boston, Massachusetts, Beantown, the surprise return of the Radar Superstar Edge as he replaced an injured Jeff Hardy, who was injured prior to the triple threat match with Triple H, the champion, and Vladimir Kozlov as he snuck out of victory and became the new WWE champion, living up to the moniker, the ultimate opportunist. And if we're on the subject of title changes, then I guess I will have to give CM Punk credit for defeating Alberto Del Rio in 2011, which launched his record 434-day reign as WWE champion. It so happens that was the last time the WWE championship changed hands at Survivor Series. So I guess that leads me to tonight. Roman Reigns, Alberto Del Rio, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens. The only individual that has been WWE champion out of, that, out of those four is Alberto Del Rio. That is the only statistic Del Rio lays claim over the other three. As the remaining three are all former NXT alumni. Living proof that the NXT, inve- the NXT investment has paid off for WWE. And how ironic that two of these four finalists, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, debuted three years ago at Survivor Series together with Seth Rollins as the popular trio known as The Shield. Will these former Shield brothers cross paths en route to the WWE Championship? Will Alberto Del Rio reclaim gold and leave the other three without a WWE Championship reign off their resume? Or will Kevin Owens break the mold and become one of the few to win the WWE Championship while sporting Intercontinental Gold? Where does Sheamus fit in with his Money in the Bank briefcase? Does the Celtic Warrior wait for the winner of the grueling tournament to cash in on a WWE title opportunity? One way or another, a new championship era will begin tonight. But will it be best for business? That's a true question. Class? Pleasure was indeed all mine. I thank you for joining me tonight for this special first-time three-part lesson plan. Enjoy Survivor Series. You have been officially dismissed. Good stuff, good stuff. As we get ready to discuss the championship picture that's going to be determined tonight uh, in Survivor Series. And again, you guys, get on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show, or call in 347-838-9815. We are taking votes on the greatest elimination tag match in the history of Survivor Series. We have our producer actually got on board on the Facebook page. She tagged a bunch of you to get you guys to vote. And she gave us her vote. And she has voted for Team WWF, Rock Taker, Kane, Y2J, and Big Show versus Team Alliance. Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, RVD, Booker T., and Shane McMahon from 2001. So that gets one more vote right there. Team WWE Team Alliance. So things are probably all messed up now and convoluted and more ties happening. And uh, what are our standings right now, Dave? Currently, team with that vote, Team WWF versus the Alliance from 2001 is in the lead. In second place is 
Hulk Hogan's team against Andre the Giant's team from 1987. In third place, tied for third place, is the Warriors versus the Perfect Team from 1990 and Ric Flair's team versus Rowdy Piper's team from 1991. And in fourth place, all by their lonesome, 2003, Team Austin, which comprised of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, the Dudley Boys, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam, facing Team Bischoff, which comprised of Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, Captain Charisma Christian, the World's Strongest Man, Mark Henry, and Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, from the Survivor Series 2003. Well, there you go. So get your votes in. You know what? If you're not happy with how this list turns out, if you're not happy, you only have yourselves to blame. You didn't get votes in. You didn't vote on this list, and you're not happy with the results. It's it's your look in the mirror. It's your own damn fault. So get on there. Give us a call. Get on the Facebook page. We're gonna try also. We got a, a house full of people coming over to uh, the Ken Reedy Show Studios uh, to watch the pay per view tonight. So as as people are entering, uh, people should be arriving shortly. We're gonna try and get some some votes from the the TV area. So some live voting going on here, and by the end of the show, we'll give you the big list. Uh, watching the WWE Network right now, and uh, the Survivor Series match uh, It's going to be part of the pre-show here. So it looks like we got, oh, uh, look, there's Titus O'Neil. So we got Titus O'Neil, Neville, the Dudleys are all on one team. You said the Usos, right? So the Usos should be coming um, out. Well, this might be a, another pre-show match. It looks like... It looks like we're going to have two Survivor Series matches, but one of them is going to be on on the uh, the, the pre-show tonight. So, All right, so there we go. So we got two. Like we got the Dudleys. We got Titus O'Neil. We got Neville, and we have who's going to come out next? Gold Dust. Gold Dust. Yes, Gold Dust That's is pretty back. Awesome. So Gold Dust, Stardust on the opposing team with the Ascension. Uh, yeah, Gold Dust. Stardust is not happy. He is not happy. What a development, people. Miz and Bo Dallas are on that team, too, if I'm not Miz mistaken. Miz and Bo Dallas, which means uh, prediction right now, Goldust teams win just because they have Bo Dallas on the other team. Yes, I will have to agree with you. I'm going to go with Goldust <laughs> team, too. I'm going to go with Goldust team. All right, so you pick Goldust team. I pick Goldust team. Look at that. That's pretty cool. The traditional yeah, it would have been, been nice so to go his, his return on uh, on the actual show, but it, I'm glad to see him back. And you know, we talked about Goldust at length. You know, he, he went down with injury. Um, you know, the the commentating on the WWE leaves a whole hell of a lot to be desired. Uh, it seems like anytime anybody comes back at any point in time, they they love to say. You know, the guy could come back with a walker at 73 years old, and the commentating would be, he's in the best shape of his career. I've never seen him look so good. Uh, that being said, uh, Goldust is in the best shape of his career. It is To me, it's incredible what this guy is doing. Um, you know, he should be past his prime, uh, but he's just looked great. And this matchup is starting with Goldust and Stardust in the ring together. And uh, Stardust gets the hell out of the ring quickly, so... Uh, we'll keep you posted on the results of this matchup as we get into, uh, essentially, I guess we'd call it the main event. Uh, the main event uh, constituting of, of three matches, uh, the ending of the tournament, uh, and Goldust just eliminated. Somebody's eliminated. Uh, who the hell is that on the ground? Someone from the Ascension. 
He's yeah. rolling slowly uh, out of the ring. Uh, so it's championship, Victor the ending Okada, of the whatever. tournament. Personally, I would have loved to have seen the whole tournament occur um, in one night. Uh, I'm really glad they didn't just give us the final match that we're getting at least a little bit of the tournament feel and in having three matches tonight, two semifinal matches, and and one uh, main event of uh, you know the two winners of the semifinal matches. Uh, interesting matchups. You know, you have two people that are holding belts already, two former members of the Shield uh, in opposite brackets. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to have a champion versus champion uh, for someone to have two championships. So IC title, U.S. title. Uh, you know, one of those guys has to lose. The the conventional wisdom, I think everyone is looking at uh, Shield member versus Shield member. We hear a lot of uh, Ambrose is going to turn. Um, and Dave, I want you to talk a little bit because you had an interesting theory that as much as, you know, we have this, this title tournament to crown a new champion, uh, especially with TLC next month, perhaps we don't have... Uh, the crowning of a new champion. Maybe it gets a little more muddied after tonight's uh, event. That, that, that's very possible. I, I think um, there's a strong possibility we could see tonight uh, some kind of finish that, like you said, uh, makes the championship picture muddied, where then the two final participants um, in the tournament go on to TLC to compete in a match where there must be a winner a tables, ladders, and chairs match with the title hanging above, um, and we will determine, you know, who the champion is at that point. There's a strong possibility there. Um, with the way WWE has produced their pay-per-views um, in, in the past year since they've been on the network, uh, finishes like that have we've seen more often. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think it would upset quite a few people, but um, it hasn't. it's not uncommon for they're not to be a champion um, for a lengthy period of time. I mean, Brock Lesnar was the WWE champion and not seen on television for a lengthy period of time. So um, it's very possible that, you know, we could see something like that. But, um, you know, after watching the way that they have built this tournament up, I mean, Stevie Wonder locked in the basement with the lights off could tell you that Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns are positioned to be in the finals facing each other for the WWE Championship. But so obvious, it, it's become clear as day that that's the, that's the direction they're going. I have a feeling that we could see a curveball. And if you paid attention Monday night, you noticed that Triple H was talking to several of the, um, the participants in the tournament. He had talked to Del Rio. He had talked to Cesaro. Um, you saw him talking with Kevin Owens. Um, you know, he, he made a play for, uh, for Roman Reigns at the beginning of this tournament, and Reigns turned him down. Um, I mean, a lot of people are picking, picking an Ambrose turn and him winning the title, and that would be great. I think we, I'd love to see that. Well, I brought it up on last week's show. If his character was more based off of, you know, Christian Bale's character in American Psycho, where he's, you know, all business, you know, on the outside, but on the inside, he's a psycho. You know, we get him in the ring, he's, a, he's an animal, he's a lunatic. Um, I think that would work for him. Um, but I kind of have a feeling they're going to throw a curveball at us just based on the fact that everyone knows that they're 
can predict that it's going to be Ambrose and, and, and Reigns in the final. Um, and I could be going for, all right, well, I'll give you prediction number one. Prediction number one is a pretty easy one. I think Reigns is going to beat Del Rio, hands down. I don't think Del Rio's got a shot at winning, okay? Um, he's going to have a great showing. He's going to put on a great match with Reigns. But Roman Reigns is clear and poised and destined to become the WWE champion. I mean, when they talk about this tournament, they don't just talk about everybody. They talk about Roman Reigns. It's like, is he going to fulfill his destiny? Is Reigns going to fulfill his destiny? He was screwed at WrestleMania. He was screwed at Money in the Bank. You know, this, he, 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 he's got to fight in this tournament after he already earned the title shot. It's like a foregone conclusion that he's going to be in the finals, basically, how they're presenting it. Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose, on the other hand, I have a feeling we're going to see the authority or somehow, some way, Ambrose is going to sneak – or, I'm um, sorry – Owens is going to sneak away with the victory, and we're going to get a finals with Reigns in it and Owens. But the authority, who may look like they're turn, they're they're aligned with Owens, turns out they turn on Owens, and they have been with Reigns all along, and they helped Owens win so that Reigns couldn't face his best friend Ambrose because he knew that he would lose to Ambrose and Roman Reigns is the face of WWE with the authority and the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I have a feeling that's the route they might go. And I, I can see that. Like, it's interesting because when I look at this, I, I break it down and, and, you know, you know, you try and, like, be an odds maker. And I agree with you. You know, the, the one thing that Del Rio has going for him is when you think about a guy that, you know, out of all four guys, a guy that would fit in almost seamlessly as, as part of the authority uh, is Del Rio. Um, you know, I think he would just be perfect there uh, with the authority. Uh, however, I do agree with you. The way he's positioned, I'd be shocked if he, if he beat Roman Reigns, if we see Reigns go out um, in the semifinals. Uh, you know, the other matchup is intriguing. Um, a guy like Owens uh, to completely turn his back on his independent uh, roots. I mean, Ambrose similar, but I feel like Owens, just the way he is and, and wrestling in the the – shorts and the tank top if he joined the authority uh that would be very intriguing um but i i tend to you know it's funny dave i hate to say it but when i look at these uh these matchups and and i try to predict um and and i start to think about you know where could there be a curveball and where could something screwy happen and could someone that i'm not expecting win this match win and a lot of times i wind up predicting with my heart instead of my head i start thinking about creatively what i want to see as opposed to uh, what will probably happen. Um, I, I think we're going to see Rollins, uh, Rollins, Reigns and Ambrose in the finals. Um, I think it's something that a lot of fans want to see. Um, and I, I, I kind of agree with you. I wouldn't be shocked if we wind up seeing uh, Reigns wind up turning instead of Ambrose. Um, but who knows? They could also be the obvious, and they just go with the Ambrose turn. Uh, on top of that, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we have some sort of no finish at the end of the tournament. Uh, you know, uh, what the hell? You know, Reigns uh, reveals maybe that he's part of the authority beforehand. And uh, Ambrose so incensed that there's a double countout because they're beating the hell out of each other outside the ring. And so next next month, they got to suspend that title above the ring in a ladder match. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me either. So, um, But if I was, if I was safe... Uh, which, again, the WWE, predicting-wise, I think I, I would probably go in the direction of we're going to see that matchup of S.H.I.E.L.D. members of brothers in arms, best friends, 
and uh, they're going to meet in the finals. Uh, Reigns is going to come out victorious, and we're probably going to have some sort of turn at at some point. Uh, the Reigns turn would be something intriguing. Uh, the Ambrose turn is is kind of obvious. Uh, remains to be seen, but let's go out to the phones because we got Rocky, who is on the line. I'm going to get his uh, pick for a um, Survivor Series match, as well as talking about tonight's pay-per-view. Rocky, are you there? I am here, guys. What's going on? Not much. How you doing, brother? Before we get into tonight's event, you know, we're running uh, votes for the greatest Survivor Series elimination tag match in history. What gets your vote? Uh, I, I wasn't up with uh, with the teams. Well, what am I not? I'll give you a cold vote right okay, now. Okay, the five the five that are up for vote are the the Warriors with uh, Warrior Texas Tornado LOD versus the Perfect Team Perfect and Demolition from 1990. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Orndorff, Morocco, Patera, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Andre the Giant, Rick Rude, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, and the One Man Gang from 1987. Team WWF, which was Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Y2J, Big Show versus Team Alliance, Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, RVD, Booker T, and Shane McMahon from 2001. Uh, Next option, Ric Flair, Warlord, The Mountie, Ted DiBiase versus Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, Virgil, British Bulldog from 1991. And lastly, Team Stone Cold, HBK, Dudley Boys, RVD, Booker T, Versus Team Bischoff, Jericho, Orton, Christian, Scott Steiner, and Mark Henry from 2003. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, obviously, all illustrious names all. Uh, it's a real tough pick, but uh, you, you know me, Ken. I'm, I'm kind of an old school guy. So, you know, Hogan, Orndorff, you know, a couple of classics right there. Orndorff is definitely was particularly one of my favorites in the old days. So I got to go with Hogan, Hogan Andre. Uh, you know, All the, right, there the, you go. The, so we got Team Hogan versus Team Giant from 1987. Tabulate that vote, Dave. So as we it, go it, forward, it, what, are your, what are your thoughts, Rock, on, on uh, tonight's Survivor Series? Well, uh, I, I have to definitely agree with Dave. I think we're definitely in for, for a swerve and – while, you know, the, the Internet chatter is out there that, of course, you know, it, it's going to be S.H.I.E.L.D. member versus S.H.I.E.L.D. member, and, you know, Ambrose is doing the turning. I've I got to agree with Dave, and i got to go with Dave's tradition, prediction of seeing a Reigns turn, because not only for, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, but if you look back and look at, at history, you know, when we we look at Reigns, we look at his cousin, The Rock. When he came in, he was Rocky Maivia. He was, you know, the 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 candy sweet baby face, and everyone hated that character, and everyone was booing him out of the building. But as soon as as soon as they turned him heel, man, you know that that was the the start of something special. Now. Obviously, uh, Reigns, Mike's skills need a lot of work. But in my estimation, it's easier to, to learn that part of the business when you're on the heel side of the house versus the babyface side of the house. And maybe that's the angle he needs. Now, on the other side, a Reigns turn to me 
would drive Ambrose over the edge, uh, i.e., there is absolutely no one I can trust, now I have to go 100% complete psycho. And that it could really, I think that scenario really furthers both characters. What do you think? You know, it's a really good point. I mean, we're talking about who's going to turn. Um, but, uh, you know, I think when you, you know, not to coin the term, but I do think when you look at, uh, you know, Ambrose and, and where his character could go, uh, really, you know, being in the face realm, but really going off the deep end, um, you know, that could be something that, you know, I mean, everyone's character, you know, needs a little refreshing every now and again, a little, uh, you know, a little kick in the ass, so to speak. And, and, you know, it's a really, really good point. I mean, the character, Dean Ambrose, um, you know, he's, he's kind of nuts. And if he gets to a point now where, Jesus, there's, there's nobody, there's nobody I can trust. Um, you know, not to steal a phrase, but he'd be become like a loose cannon. He'd, uh, you know, I've always looked at him as having a little bit of Brian Pillman in him. Um, this could be something where, you know, he would be great to slot in as, uh, you know, that anti-hero, that guy who is, is a baby face essentially, but does some heel things. He's an edgy face, um, you know, and, and you're right, learning the mic skills, which is what Reigns needs to learn. Um, it, it's an easier uh, fit to, to sink your teeth into being a, a heel. Um, but I think it's a really good point when you bring up what, that could do for Ambrose's character if Reigns turns on him. So now he's had two of his brothers uh, turn their back on him. Your your thoughts, Dave, on, on what Rocky had to say about Ambrose's character? I, th- I think that's a scenario that could work for him. Um, but I think it's, it's it's his character, but even turn, the, the volume turned up just a little bit more. I don't think we would see much of a change other than the fact that he's like – if he wasn't crazy before, he's completely crazy and, like, out of his mind nuts. You know, now, I mean, he, he could make it work. He's very talented. Um, you know, something – I mean, they could do something where if he were to lose, you know, and get screwed out of this and his best friend turns on him and his best friend's got the title, um, you know, the authority can throw all kinds of obstacles in Ambrose's way to get to the, the eventual match with him and Reigns, which – you could probably you would probably presume would be at WrestleMania, I would imagine, for the title. Um, but they could even do some crazy interesting stuff where, you know, they ban him from the building or he's not allowed to come back until he has a psychiatric evaluation. Maybe they even like throw him in like a psych ward. Um and and, and really add another dimension to his character. Um but at the same time if his character needed a refresher, turning bad and joining the authority and kind of changing his look up a bit would probably be the better direction for a Dean Ambrose, um, you know, considering the circumstances that we have discussed uh, surrounding tonight's uh, championship tournament. Yeah, I could agree with that. I can agree with both sides of the coin because, let's face it, whoever whoever does, if we, like I said, all your all your scenarios are valid and we could not be a champion by the end of the night. But the point being that eventually when you do see a champion that's going to have the authority behind them, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a learning tool for whoever is the man slotted in that spot. Obviously, I think uh, Reigns needs more work on the mic, 
being under Triple H's wing, you know, that's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, Ambrose, not so much. But uh, either way, I think it adds up to both characters anyway, slicing. You know, another scenario. It's something that, like, will shake things up. And uh, I would love to see it because, again, everybody's predicting that it's going to be Ambrose that turns. So I I would love to see it if Reigns was a guy. You know, if we have a turn. Uh, you know, it remains to be seen uh, what exactly is going to happen tonight. I mean, I think we're all speculating. Um, you know, while we have you on the line, uh, I'm curious your thoughts on The Undertaker. I mean, you know, again, you, you, you said at the uh, the beginning of your phone call, you're kind of a, an old school guy, you're a traditionalist. 25 years of The Undertaker being celebrated tonight. He's got a match tonight. Uh, your thoughts on his career and, uh, you know, what, what you, you're looking forward to seeing out of him tonight. Well, uh, I would have to say, Ken, you know, to, to, to put, give him the moniker of the phenom is really apropos because, you know, when you look at the man's career, to, to stay relevant for that long, not only stay, re- you know, just relevant, but really, you know, at some point carrying the company, you know, the, you, you, cannot, you cannot say, of good things about The Undertaker and what he's done, not you know, not only for himself and his characters, but you know, when you read the books and you read the various uh, you know, testimonials from other superstars, what The Undertaker has, you know, has done in training and ideas and going to bat, you know, really a phenomenal run. And in my opinion, I don't think you know from what I'm hearing, he's not quite over. You know he's 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 rested up. He's healed up. He still has you know a couple of good matches in him. I don't know how long he, you know he's going to keep you know driving that train. But you know my, by my estimation, more power to him. I think you know simply for you know the phenom, definitely a fitting moniker for the Undertaker. Definitely a hundred percent, man. And it's uh, you know. Congratulations to him for for staying around for this long, and uh, you know, looking forward to to another great matchup. I mean, just you know, the memories of, of the Undertaker. It's you know, there's there's just so many, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a pretty big void when he eventually decides to hang it up. But for at least tonight, we get one more night watching the Undertaker in that ring, and that's uh, that's fine by me. Good stuff tonight, Rocky. Thanks for the call, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, guys. Take it easy, brother. And there you have it. We got uh, another vote, and we also got on the Facebook page, um, we got Kevin Regis uh, went out there on the Facebook, and he voted for Team WWF, Rock Taker Kane, Y2J and Big Show versus Team Alliance, Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, RVD, Booker T, Shane McMahon from 2001. So Team WWF versus Team Alliance gets themselves another vote there. So... We're waiting. We're just about nine minutes away from the end of this show. We're going to take it down uh, probably to the final five minutes uh, before we announce the winners of this. Get on the Facebook. Give us a call. Uh, We want your votes for the greatest elimination tag match in the history of Survivor Series. Traditional Survivor Series matchup, if you will. So get on there right now. Get your votes in. We're getting close to the, the end. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Like the page. Get on board. 
vote for your favorite elimination tag match in Survivor Series history. Uh, just some uh, some more breaking news. Uh, the team team good guys in the pre-show match wound up winning. So uh, look at that, Dave. We got one prediction right. It's going to be a good night. So uh, good stuff tonight. I'm looking forward to tonight. Um, you know, again, I, I I it's one of those things where I guess we can start to watch these these pay-per-views as uh, we're moving forward uh, this year and. and uh, Going into next year, uh, you really whether he announced it or not, like you said, whether the under, whatever way the Undertaker decides to go out, um, you know that's his business. Um, but you do get the sense of the fan. You know, there's there's uh, maybe a little more than a handful, but you know we're getting close to that. Uh, we're not going to see the Undertaker uh, in a ring for much longer. And you know, for me as a fan, um, I. I you know, I was at WrestleMania 25. I saw that that amazing match with Shawn Michaels. Uh, I've seen Taker in the ring a number of times, and uh, I just feel like as a wrestling fan now, uh, take notice, enjoy Taker. I'm glad we're going to get to see him working with with Wyatt and being uh, tag team partners with his quote brother again tonight. Um, but I think at this at this point, Dave, in his career and uh, how much longer he may or may not have. Uh, as a wrestling fan, if you really truly respect this uh, this industry, this business, this sport, um, you got to look at these nights as something special every time you get to see the Taker one more time. Well, before we get into that, let me tally up the votes currently right now. With that last vote from Kev- Kevin Regis, Team WWF is in the Team WWF versus the Alliance from 2001 Survivor Series is in the lead. In second place is Team Hogan versus Team Andre from the Survivor Series 1987 in third place, tied for third place, is actually a three-way tie now because independent wrestler from uh, Pro Wrestling Magic, our friend Steve Off, had voted for Team Austin versus Team Bischoff from Survivor Series 2003. So tied for third place that match, the Warriors versus the Perfect Team from the 1990 Survivor Series and Ric Flair's team versus Roddy Piper's team from the 1991 Survivor Series. So with Two minutes left. Get your votes on Facebook or call us through 478-389815 to vote for the greatest Survivor Series elimination match. But as of right now, Team WWF versus the Lions in 2001 is in the lead. As far as The Undertaker goes, you know, the, 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 the quote-unquote retirement tour, whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been some great stuff. His character is timeless. And if, if I were to go on record, I would say that he probably has the most evolving character in the history of the business. Um, to change up his look and change up everything about him um, year after year with different guys and different eras of talent on the roster and to stay relevant each and every time, um, it, it's, it's truly unbelievable. I mean, he's in a class by himself. So, like you said, enjoy his time. Um, I'm really glad he's working with Wyatt Moore, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, if his health permits it, he's around a little longer, uh, you know, for for selfish reasons, of course, because his body may not do what he did 15, 20 years ago, but psychology-wise, he's still got it, and he can still put on a hell of a performance. Yeah, you know, it's funny, because I've enjoyed Taker, uh, you know, over the years, and, like, you know, even a lot of people were critical about, about the American Badass. I love the American Badass. I think it was great, and I think it was one of those things, you know, that the American Badass, uh, helped the Taker character because when he when he when he went back to like the traditional Taker, it 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 gave it a you know a freshness a newness when he when he went back to it. Um, 
you know, you and I both big Sons of Anarchy fans, uh, that uh, subculture of, of the biker club. And uh, I think if, if you, you know, I've always been fascinated by that subculture. And, and hell yeah, I could totally see a big dude in a, in a motorcycle club being nicknamed Undertaker or Taker. So to me, it totally worked. It totally fit him. I don't know how it worked creatively. I would love just one more time to, to like, you know, see Taker come down to that ring on the Harley um, I, I doubt it, but I, I enjoyed that character. I enjoyed how Taker has, uh, you know, remained true to his character, but um, continues to evolve. And it's just been something very special. So uh, enjoy as we get to see Taker uh, each and every time we get to see him in the ring going forward. And let's get back to this survey because uh, we're trying to determine the greatest Survivor Series elimination match of all time. Um, if you don't get your match in now, if you don't get your vote in now, uh, voting is, is essentially closed. Uh, we're going to leave it like maybe 30 seconds longer. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy show. And then Dave will read off the top Survivor Series matches, elimination matches of all time uh, from five to one. And, uh, you know, I'm you know what, Dave? I'm going to throw a vote in. I'm going to throw my vote in. And I am going to vote for... I'm going to vote for Team Flair versus Roddy Piper, Team Piper. I'm voting, okay. I'm voting with, right. with my heart on that. So I'm going to vote for that that matchup. And uh, you start tabulating all the votes you might have. we got about three minutes left. So when you are ready, uh, start with number five and uh, take us down to the greatest traditional Survivor Series match of all time. Well, currently tied for last place. Team Bischoff and Team Austin from 2003, and the Warriors versus the Perfect Team from 1990. In third place, Team Flair versus Team Piper from 1991. In second place, Team Hogan against Team Andre from the inaugural 1987 Survivor Series event. And your winner of the 1640 PWPR Greatest Survivor Series Elimination Match Poll from 2001, Team WWF, comprising of The Rock, Chris Jericho, Big Show, Kane, and The Undertaker, facing off against Team Alliance, the WCW-ECW Alliance of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, and Shane McMahon. That is your 1640 PWPR greatest Survivor Series elimination match. Well, there you have it. That's good stuff, man. That was, that was fun voting for those matches and uh, you know, 2001. And, and it just goes to show you when you, when you start to talk about these matches, um, we need to go back to having more of these matches and more of these matches with the top stars in it. Uh, they're just fun. Um, and, and it'll be easy for creative to, to kind of work things. So um, good stuff, Dave, uh, getting that forward. And then who knew, but now we're going to, we're going to have a new survey coming up soon. Votes, uh, cause we're going to do our end of the year awards. Who, who knew? I mean, this year just flew by. Um, but you know, maybe we'll get a pay-per-view of the year this year, this night tonight, uh, Dave, uh, looking forward to a real good survivor series tonight. Who's your prediction for the, uh, the who wins the finals of the WWE uh, Championship Tournament? I didn't get your prediction. I'm, I'm going to go with Reigns. I think Reigns. You're going you know, with Reigns. Uh, I think Reigns will win the title tonight. 
Okay, I'm going with Reigns as well. So we differed on the semifinal match with Ambrose and Owens. As much as I want to go with Ambrose, because I think they are going in the obvious direction, I'm hoping they throw us a curveball. So I'm going to go with Owens. And there you have it. So uh, you got our predictions. Tune in tomorrow night. Uh, we'll be on at 6.30. We'll give you a reaction to um, the uh, the pay-per-view, as well as we'll get you set for uh, Monday Night Raw. But uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about tonight uh, uh, with, with The Undertaker and this championship tournament. Do we get a swerve tonight? Remains to be seen. Excited. Callers, thank you for bringing it tonight. Voters, thanks for voting. It is time now for Survivor Series. We'll see you tomorrow night at 6.30. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.